This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Chubby's Chili Dog Depot. Now offering buy three, get two free on all Chubby Dogs. Chubby's Chili Dog Depot. All dogs, all the time. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's Comedy Horror Week on Pod Cemetery with 1999's Idle Hands is our classic film, and 2010's Tucker and Dale vs. Evil as our modern film. But before we get to the movies, Kelsey, how do we start the show? Horror trivia. Give me what you got. Trust is a tough thing to come by these days. Name the movie. God, I don't know. Um, Friday the 13th. The Thing. Oh, I guess that would make sense. It would make sense with a lot of movies. I don't even remember them saying it in that right. movie. Right. I guess. I mean, I imagine people are screaming at their whatever listening devices they're listening on going, of course, it's a thing. It's all about trust. It's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so are a lot of things. Kelsey. Yeah. Idle Hands was directed by Rodman Flender, who has an amazing name. We've mentioned his amazing name actually quite recently when he directed another film that we covered on this show. What is that movie? You told me specifically not to look up this person. Yeah. Can I look at our list of movies we've done recently? Sure. Did you like Cry Wolf or something? He did Leprechaun 2. Oh, no. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> I liked this movie. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, well, that's perfect segue into our first movie, 1999's Idle Hands, written by Terry Hughes Burton and Ron Milbauer, directed by Rodman Flender, and starring Devon Sawa, <laughs> Seth Green, Eldon Henson, Jessica Alba, and Vivica A. Fox. Also Fred Willard, which made me really sad because he just recently passed away. Very sad. And Christopher Hart who we will get to in my next piece of trivia. What is Idle Hands about? An evil entity that possesses hands to to perform murders has taken over a high schooler who just wants to get high all the time and doesn't realize what's happening until it's too late. The movie is $3 or $4 to rent depending on where you go and $13 to buy on the usual big platforms. Should people watch Idle Hands? Okay, there was a time in my life when I was said absolutely. Yes. I've apparently matured a little bit. It's not as great as I remember it being, but there's yes. a lot of... I still love it because I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Yep. So, to, by today's standards... As long as you remember that it was made in 1999, I mean, and it's made for teenagers, I, I think you're going to get a kick out of it. Yeah, there's a lot of parts where you're just like, 
oh, swing and a miss. Yeah. But I I think a lot of my love for this movie is nostalgic in nature. It still makes me laugh. Yes. But it now it has a lot of jokes that I'm like, oh. Yeah. I didn't remember that there were so many gay jokes in this movie, uh-huh. for, for instance. <laughs> but maybe. I guess it depends on the type of person you are. Probably depends a lot on how old you are. Yeah. If you're, like, really young. Maybe not, actually, because you didn't grow up in this time. Yeah, you're, I mean, teenagers now, I feel like half of them would love it and half of them would hate it. Yeah. Well, you can take that advice for what it is. When we get back, we will talk about 1999's Idle Hands. Idle Hands are the devil's playground. This spring. It's like I have no control over my hands. If you're not scared. Look at me, look at me, I'm not afraid. If you're not squirming. What you doing? CPR, man. I saw him Baywatch. If you're not screaming. Ah! You scream like a girl. You must already be dead. Undead, actually. Idle hands. Okay, that wasn't my fault. Rated R. Opens everywhere April 30th. All right, Kelsey, you know what time it is. Can you get us started on Idle Hands? I didn't remember that it started with a terrible seven impersonation intro with the words being like, oh, yeah, and the it's clips. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, a lot of movies around this time were doing stuff like this. Yeah. And you'd think they would have made it more comical for the film. No, it's not comical at all. Right. You'd think they would kind of be making fun of it a little yeah. bit, but they're not. It's like a, a whole opening credit sequence where they use like visual effects and stuff and all the names are coming up, but nothing's happening. Nothing's being communicated. It's kind of a big waste of time. Yeah. We're told right away that it's Halloween time. There's decorations everywhere. We get to see Fred Willard for all of five minutes in his Comical genius is wasted here. I don't know what he's doing in this movie, but right. it was nice to see him. I also remembered the mom. She is Jerry from My Fellow Americans, <laughs> which is one of the funniest movies in existence and one of the better old people being grumpy movies, like Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever actually seen it. We have to see it. I love that movie. Okay. It's about two ex-presidents, one one conservative oh, and one liberal. Yes, and they, I have seen this. They're I don't running away from assassins. <laughs> I remember I've seen it, though. It's so good. Oh. But so the parents are going to bed. They turn out the lights and up above their bed. What does it say? I'm under the bed. Yes. And he just goes and looks under the bed, doesn't get a weapon or anything. He's like, well, there's nothing there. And then they hear a sound downstairs. And they're like, what if it's, the ki- what if it's a killer? Oh, because there's a killer going around. Right now, in their town. What if it's the killer? Oh, no, what about... Anton. Anton. Who apparently was named after Anton LaVey. I don't think you can get around. You try to name somebody Anton, and people think... Not everyone, but some people think of Anton LaVey. I don't know who that is. He's the creator of the Church of Satan. The (laughs) Satanist, Satanism. That's funny. Yeah. I thought it was an odd name choice. So... They end up both dying, and you don't really get to see what happens to them, but they're dead. Yeah. We then meet Anton, who is played by Devin Sawa, and yes, I had an enormous crush on him. You and every other teenage girl. He's a very good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, by today's standards, I don't know if he is. I mean, personally, I find him, like, yes, he is a good-looking dude. I still find him very But, attractive. I mean, like classically attractive and dreamboaty like we obsess over handsome men in movies nowadays 
I don't usually go for those types of guys anyway. Yeah, there you go. Devin Sawa actually famously, you might have heard of him uh, recently. We talked in the last episode about other things he did, but he also recently did The Fanatic. Do you remember hearing about The Fanatic? No. Where John Travolta plays a man who's obsessed with a celebrity and it's written and directed by Fred Durst. And Devin Sawa is the celebrity that he's obsessed with. It's something else. Look this movie up. Trust me, it is something else. Wow. Yes. Wow. (laughs) He was also all of those things together Uh (laughs) as one movie is not computing in my mind. No. But of course, he's also in Final Destination, which I'm sure we will get to. Oh, I love Final Destination. And it's got Devin Sawa and Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. Two very good looking men in one movie. <laughs> Jesus. Mm-hmm. But he was also in the SLC Punk movies, both of them. Ugh, don't get me started on number two. <laughs> All right. So we meet him and we find out the reason uh, ostensibly that he was not aware of what happened is he lives in the attic. And he had headphones on, blaring music all through the night, so he never heard them screaming or calling out to him. And he always has his headphones on. But also the implication later becomes that it's been several days. Because he yes, says he hasn't to his seen friends, them in a couple days. I haven't seen them in a couple days. And you're like, when did we, yes. when did time pass? And it's kind of a throwaway line, too. Yeah, the time pass implication is that this is the next morning. Exactly. But, no, it's not. But maybe time is a different thing for him because he's high all the time. We will meet him and he's wearing a t-shirt and boxers and like a robe, I think, right? He's not wearing anything else, I don't think. And then later on, he'll get pants that aren't his. Yes. Uh, But like he just does not change throughout the entire movie, regardless of what happens to him. He's a total slob. Uh Uh-huh. And he carries around his inhaler around his neck, which he uses as a sort of discreet bong or pipe, I guess. It's more of a piece than it is a bong. It's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's a pipe. A very tiny pipe. But what's hilarious about this is both movies have a character that carry around an inhaler with them. Yes. Uh Both for comedic purposes. Uh (laughs) So he doesn't care about the news, doesn't care that there's a killer on the loose. All he cares about is smoking and he realizes he's out of weed. So he calls up his friend. Do you know the friend's name? This is Eldon Henson. Character's name is Penub. Penub. And they never explain that name. Apparently, Mick and Penub, which are the two characters' names, is a reference to the Buckwheat Sings the Greatest Hits Eddie Murphy segment from SNL. Mick and Penub in all the wrong paces. Mick and Penub. <laughs> That's apparently a reference to that. I see how it makes sense. I haven't watched it in, God, years. But I just have that line just... Permanently etched in my brain. So he calls up Penub, and the, yeah, Eldon Hansen, who you mostly know from Butterfly Effect, if you're me. Uh. <laughs> The Mighty Ducks. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's the badass in The Mighty Ducks. He's also Foggy Nelson in Daredevil. Yes. Daredevil is what most people would know him from today. At least, at least nowadays. He was also... No, he wasn't. Never mind. 
At least but I don't think he was. When I see him, the first thing that comes to mind is butterfly effects. I can see why you would think that, yes. <laughs> so he calls him up, and he's like, hey, bring me over some weed. And, <laughs> and Penub is like, this ain't Domino's, you lazy bitch. Come over here and get it. <laughs> get off your ass. So, yeah, he goes walking over to Penub's place just wearing his boxers. So his two friends, Seth Green, who is hysterical as always. I mean, Seth Green is just gold. You put him in anything and he's going to be funny. I mean, he's the he's probably the best kid in it, wouldn't you say? <sighs> yes. But that is not saying much. Oh. While there, they will see... Jessica Alba right by on her moped. <laughs> yep. And she will conveniently drop her lyrics book. And Devin Sawa has, of course, been in love with Jessica Alba because who the fuck wouldn't be? I know I was. I remember Jessica Alba from when she was on fucking Flipper. Like, you know, the, the new generation of Flipper. <laughs> there was a new generation of Flipper? Yes. <laughs> I, and I didn't give a shit about Flipper. I didn't have any nostalgia for Flipper, but I watched that show because Jessica Alba was on it. Yes, she is gorgeous. She was one of my absolute childhood crushes. <laughs> but he's too nervous to go and talk to her. But his friends are like, maybe she'll think you're funny or something. Yeah. <laughs> but as he's leaving, Hanson will be like, Hey, you want to borrow some pants, Chief? First impressions and all. So he does. But the problem is... His friend is a weed dealer, so those pants probably have something in them that have weed, and that will come up later. He brings her her lyrics book, but he's too embarrassed to talk to her, so he doesn't. We then get to meet Vivica Fox. Was she famous at this point? Yeah. I mean, as famous as Vivica Fox is. I mean, she wasn't in Kill Bill yet. Well, she's an actress that I definitely have seen in a lot of things, or at least I think I have. She was in Independence Day in 96. Oh, that's right! She is the... Stripper. The stripper, the stripper wife. Wife. Yeah. Uh -huh. No, stripper... Girlfriend? Girlfriend that he never got to propose to. Right. Okay. Doesn't she die? I think she dies. I don't know that she does, but she oh, was in a lot of stuff. Oh, is it just the president's wife who dies? And she survives? I get. I would... I think... Doesn't... Doesn't Will Smith get a happy ending in that movie? I think so. And the dog lives... We're all rooting for the dog oh to God, run through that, that that uh, tunnel. <laughs> he just jumps over a car and, and somehow the fire comes nothing by. gets him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but she was in a lot of things. She was on The Young and the Restless for a while. Booty Call she was in. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then she would go on to do more things after this. I'm talking about just before Idle Hands. She is some sort of warrior person who goes after never explained yeah she just says she's a long line of like they follow the hand i guess yeah, uh -huh. uh, and she realizes because she gets there and the guy's already dead because it's a it's a roaming thing it no, goes no, no. from hand he's to hand he's not dead his hand is fine right he's he's alive but he's obviously been he can't talk anymore. Like, it it has yeah. melted his brain. Uh-huh. Uh, so she follows the hand, and she looks at a, at a map and somehow realizes that it makes the five-pointed star and I has hate, a circle around it. I hate, I hate, I hate when the big discovery is a big map on the wall, and then you draw a picture using the points like it's connect the dots. And when you have enough points, you can make almost any design. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like... 
It's so ridiculous. And guess what? That big circle around doesn't the star. Doesn't really look like a circle. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's it's so, so dumb. I hate it and so many different things do it. It's obnoxious. But apparently this means that some sequence has been finished and something bad's going to happen. He's oh, going to take a he's virgin take to hell? take somebody to hell, yeah. Uh-huh. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why that's somehow worse than killing all these people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Back at Anton's house, he's bumming around his house and he doesn't realize that he's using a bread knife that's covered in blood. Until he takes a bite and he's like, that tastes strange and realizes that there's blood all over the place. So he's running around with his dog. And this is a really cute sequence. Yes. Where he will do all sorts of cute things with the dog. And like, it's his buddy that he gets to be scared with. It's adorable. There's there's one moment and I don't know. I don't, I, I only read about it after the moment passed. And so I forgot to look back and verify it. So if it doesn't happen, I'll take this out. And if it does happen, I'll share it on Twitter. When he pushes the dog in front of the stairway before he exposes himself, uh-huh. and the dog's just like sitting there and he's just sliding across the floor. Apparently, the dog has an erection in that scene. <laughs> I would like to verify that. I love that you care enough to verify it. (laughs) This is the sort of due diligence we do on this show. That's right. We will provide screenshots. (laughs) But he's looking around the house and he can't find anything until he finds his parents who have apparently been put inside these like farmer people. Yeah, you know, like it's like American Gothic, but they're they're scarecrows with pumpkin heads. And it's inside, for I guess, because you wouldn't want to put that outside. But his parents go all out for the holidays, apparently. Later, sometime, we see that they've got tons and tons of Christmas ornaments. Yes. I mean, Christmas decorations as well. So I thought that was cute. I thought it was cute that, like, they took into account, well, if they go all out for Halloween, there's no way they wouldn't go all out for Christmas. Yeah. And including when they go to bed, she has a really, the mom has a very quick line about, oh, I wanted to buy some stuff for Thanksgiving. And Fred Willard's like, we just finished Halloween. (laughs) I assume this is what Chris and I will be like when we get older. Probably, yes. (laughs) So yeah, he finds his parents in the pumpkins, which is a very funny sequence. And then his friends come over, I guess, to check on him or something. And they're like, holy shit. And uh, Hanson starts hitting the father as if he's trying to give him like yes. CPR and and Anton is like what are you doing to my dad <laughs> and he's like CPR man I saw it on Baywatch Seth Green is like look oh God. a clue yes so he's he leads down close and he finds a piece of a shirt in the mom's hand and the way he delivers that line look a clue is so good. Hey, check it out. A clue. And they're, but they're all high, so they're having a really hard time piecing these things together. Yes. Why does he think they were killed by ants? What happens? Oh, because they wrote ant. Ant on it, on the, and blood on the wall, because they didn't get Anton all the way out. So Henson's like, they were killed by ants. <laughs> Like, this movie is so dumb, but it's just so funny. Yeah. And, oh, earlier on the news, we overheard that, like, some people died at this burger joint. 
Yes. And they find the fries from this burger joint, and when they knock them over, ears fall out. Yes. These twins that worked there were murdered and their ears were stolen. Yes. And then Seth Green notices Devin's shirt is missing a piece and he holds it up. <laughs> Holy shit! The killer was wearing your shirt! <laughs> See, these are all really stupid lines when delivered well can be very successful. And they are here. Yes. Henson and Seth Green and Devin Zawa do a fantastic job mm -hmm. with these very silly lines and they deliver them perfectly. Yeah. If it had been other actors, it would have been shit. I, I never once thought that Devin Sawa was not 100% dedicated to this role. All the shit he has to do in this movie. It, it's very... um. What's his? Uh, it's very Bruce Campbell. Yes, yeah, but it's yeah, it's it. He commits one hundred percent. I love it. Yeah, because we know it's not the directing that's making this movie <laughs> funny. This was all put on the shoulders of these three actors, uh -huh. and they did a fantastic job with it. Uh huh. Very quickly, Devin surmises that he is the killer, and his friends are like, "Oh no." <laughs> They're trying to be nice to him, and they, like, give him a bottle, and his hand, without him realizing it, <laughs> breaks the bottle, and he ends up sticking it in Seth Green's head. Yes, killing him. Yes. But now he has a bottle permanently stuck out of his forehead, which will be there the entire movie. And Henson's like, okay, uh, it's okay, Anton. I won't tell anybody, I promise. <laughs> and Anton's like, I don't understand what's going on. I don't mean to kill anybody. <laughs> and he, he ends up going after him with something, obviously, in his hand, obviously. Yeah, and he goes, they go Why? down into the basement, and then he's like, come on, run, I can only hold it back so long. Why are you doing this, Anton? <laughs> I don't know. And it's just so funny. And so as Penub is running up the stairs in the basement, the hand grabs a saw and throws it through the air, slicing Penub's head right off. Right, and Penub has been saying this whole time, everything's gonna be cool, everything's gonna be... Topple, topple, topple. Uh -huh. Cool. Everything's gonna be cool, man. Everything's gonna be... Cool. He doesn't know... Devin doesn't know what to do, so he sits down on the couch to get high because, Jesus Christ, what just happened? Uh-huh. And his hand immediately turns the TV on to all these weird shows about hands... I knew at some point in my life, I knew what all of these movies were. And they're uh -huh. actually famous movies. They're just really quick, quick scenes that you don't recognize. Yeah. And there are several late throughout the movie. There'll be several references to things on TV. There's <laughs> tons of that stuff. There's like Day of the Dead. There's Dracula by White Zombie. Um, you know, there's lots of stuff in this. He accidentally kills his cat. We don't know that. <laughs> He grabs the beautiful cat, swings it around by the tail above his head, and throws it through the, the window and into the bushes across the street. Where Jessica Alba where Jessica lives. Jessica Alba lives, yeah. So he goes over there looking for his cat, and Jessica Alba comes outside. We never find the cat again the entire movie. <laughs> right. And she takes him in because she's like, I, I didn't get to thank you for bringing back my mm. lyrics book. And she's wearing, like nighttime clothes her pajamas these little skimpy boy shorts and this 
little spaghetti strap top with a robe that's completely open and yeah. Yes, absolutely. She was 17. Oh, no. <laughs> and she is playing a character that is intentionally oblivious and a little bit ditzy. A little bit. Yeah. But by the end of the movie, she kind of becomes a little bit self-sufficient. Yes. Very much so. But I mean, like, she'll do things and she'll, like, not notice that things are happening. And yes. And, and that's totally 100% intentional. Yes. They're not trying to get you to believe that somebody is this dumb. Right. It's a joke. Yes. Everything is, yeah, a joke. And she's trying to tell him, you don't have to be so shy around me. You know, you can just talk to me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, I should really get going. You don't want to be around me. And she's like, oh, come on. And he's like, I'm dangerous. And of course, she thinks he means in a sexy way. Yeah. So she kind of starts to come on to him a little bit. And he, without meaning to, grabs her ass, his hand. With the devil hand, yeah. Right, his hand does it, okay? So it's kind of a pass for the movie. Yeah. Because he didn't mean to do it. But it doesn't matter because she likes it. She's, She's into like, it. Oh, I didn't think you'd be so forward. Exactly. Yeah. I never thought you would have had the balls to do that. And he's try. she tries to make out with him, but of course the hand keeps trying to attack her. And like strangle her, but is it a sexy strangulation? So she's not like fully rejecting it, you know? Exactly. Like, so he <laughs> ends up tying his hand to her bedpost and she, <laughs> and she goes, you're kinky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually remember why they end up stopping, but she tells him to come. Well, he come. stays there, like, the whole night. And in the morning, her parents, like, knock on the door or something like that. Whatever it is, she tells him, come tomorrow at 7, we'll go to the dance together. And he goes, what about the killer? And she goes, I'll protect you. Uh -huh. It's really cute. It's cute. So he goes home to find... His buddies, Mick and Penub. He starts flipping out and he tries to do all kinds of things to them, but they're already dead. And he's like, you're dead. And, and Seth Green's like, I'm dead, actually. Yeah. He talks, he tells the story about how they saw a white light and they were supposed to head for it. And he's like, well, why? Like, what happened? And Mick's line is, oh, I figured, fuck it. I mean, it was really far. Yes, and there's some really again perfect delivery by Seth Green. Yes, <laughs> and there's some really funny things here. Like Devin is like, "Didn't you guys go to?" And they're like, "What? Why would we go to hell? It's not like we go around killing people." <laughs> and they also describe the music. They're like, "And that music, music, yeah, kind of uncool music, like." Enya. That is a reference that no one understands no, anymore. No, <laughs> Is she still making music? I'm sure she if is. If she is, we need to post some music okay. by Enya. <laughs> Meanwhile, we haven't mentioned this guy. He has another neighbor who we've seen a couple times, always working on his giant truck. Randy. Always listening to Shout at the Devil. Who's that by? Is that Quiet Riot? Because he does wear a Quiet Riot shirt. I thought we were Quiet Riot. Yes. It's Motley Crue. Shout! 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 Shout at the devil! And, oh, right. The whole reason I'm bringing him up, I mean, he's going to become an important character, but up to this point, we haven't really seen much of him. And they're like, well, his friends, his undead friends are like, well, if you think your hand is actually possessed, then you should probably go talk to... 
The one guy we know that listens to devil music. Uh-huh. Because apparently if you listen to Motley Crue, you're a Satanist. Uh-huh. Motley Crue in 1999, by the way. <laughs> so he he's at the burger joint we talked about earlier where those two, twin di- those two twins died. And he sees this hot girl crying at this memorial for these two dudes. Yeah. Tanya, is that her name? I don't remember. She's Jessica Alba's friend. This is one of the first times where it's like, oh, oh, that was uncomfortable. She will, he's trying to hit on her and he's like, oh, have you, did you know them well or whatever? And she's like, no, really? You? Yeah, they were great. I just feel really bad, you know? Because I was always so mean to them. Like this one time, they asked me to go out on a double date. And I thought they were tards, because there's only one of me, right? So I told them to go blow each other. Yeah. It's just like, oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. And then Again, this is around the time when it was right, just like this cool is to put that in the When that stuff was yeah. not, you didn't blink an eye at no, that kind of joke. He, she says, I told them to go blow each other. Uh-huh. And he goes, wow, did they? <laughs> <laughs> so I told them to go blow each other. Wow. Did they? Which I think I've brought up earlier on this show at some point. Because anytime anyone asks something like that, that's uh-huh. what I think of. Wow. Did they? Did they? <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, this is the beginning of those gay jokes that, well, just all of a sudden there's going to be a lot of them. Yeah. Well, as soon as it starts to get a little bit edgy saying that stuff and it's not so it's not as mainstream it starts to be a little bit more taboo then all these movies that are trying to like set themselves apart as being risque will start just flooding the market with these jokes about it and that's like that's that's how you know that something's at the tipping point when something was really really acceptable just in general language and then edgy things started putting it in, you know that that trend is going to go away eventually and people are going to have had enough of it. Mm -hmm. So Anton shows up still wearing the same thing. (laughs) So Anton shows up. And this guy, whoever this actor is, he's really funny too. Randy? Yeah. Jack Noseworthy? Yeah. He has pretty good delivery as well because he... (laughs) I forget why, but, like, uh, Anton gets in the middle of their conversation, and she thinks he's weird, so Tanya leaves, and he's like, dude, I can't believe you'd cock-block me like that. I thought we were buds, and it's just so good, because he looks so genuine. Yep. (laughs) I can't believe you cock-blocked me like that. I thought we were buds. He goes to go through the drive-thru, so Devin's response is, I know what I'll do. I'll dress up as if I work there to talk to him further in the drive-thru. Yes, so dumb. It's very silly. So he goes in there, and when he first starts talking to him, he's like, Anton, are you out of your fucking mind? So at the very least, the film recognizes How that this is ludicrous. Is. Yeah. No one would actually do that. He asks him, he's like, hey, you know all about the devil. You listen to that music. And he's like, nah, man, it's just like regular music, only louder. (laughs) 
when he drives up to the front and he's still talking to him about it, he's like, oh, man, I know what you're talking about, dude. Well, because he tells him specifically, I can't control my hand. Yeah. Right? My That's important doing- that he tells Randy this. Yes. And Randy says, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. I used to get into all kinds of shit. That's why I'm always working on my Ford. Idle hands are the devil's playground. The trick is to keep yourself busy. That's why I'm always working on the Ford. Keeps me out of trouble. Idle hands are the devil's playground. You says the title, you wins the movie. Yes. Devin's like, oh, thanks, man. You're the coolest. And it's so funny because that's not the only time someone will say that. I think Jessica Alba will later say, wow, you're the coolest. It's funny because we did used to talk oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But when you put it into a movie and you see teens speaking like uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Over 20 years later. Yeah. Well, even maybe at the time, it kind of becomes like... Oh, do I sound like that when I say it? That's how language works, baby. Exactly. And so I wonder if kids, you know, still today, like when they hear things, like, okay, here's a good example. For a while, all the kids were saying bop. Okay. Yeah. It's a I bop. think I think that's, a, that's an established word at this point. You can say bop, I think, ironically now. But they aren't using it ironically. They're saying, oh, yeah, this is a bop. Yeah. No, I mean, I use it ironically. As an adult, I I just recently, I shared a song with my friends in a, in a group chat and said, this is a total bop. <laughs> but I think it's really so funny. I'm it's permeated everywhere now. Because I'm in the middle of teaching the outsiders right now. Yeah. And at one point, because remember people, bop is a word from the 50s. Yeah, uh-huh. Ah, there you go, teenagers. You're <laughs> using a term from the 50s. Anyway... In The Outsiders, the main kid makes fun of another kid for saying bop. He doesn't mean it in song terms. It has something to do with rumbles, which means fights. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, bop is a word for hit. Yeah. Is he a good bopper or something? He goes, man, when you hear somebody use the word bop, you know they aren't educated. (laughs) (laughs) So that's probably what's going through your head when all your kids are saying bop. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I had a teacher once who would talk about slang, and he's like, why is this word? He was a language arts teacher, too, which, come on, man. What, why Why are you kids always using this word? Like, it doesn't even mean that. Why? Like, he just had a thing against slang, and it's like, dog, your generation said bitchin' and cool, and, like, those things don't literally mean what those words mean. You have no problem with that. I've heard you use those terms. Like, come on. Come on, it's just slang. It's okay. <laughs> it's hilarious when you think of where cool came from. Because uh-huh. it, it came from saying, be cool, which meant cool off. Don't be hot-tempered. Don't yeah. be crazy, right? And so the cool guys were the guys that, like, stayed, like, even keel and didn't react to anything and were kind of disaffected. And that's now the yeah. thing to strive for as being the ideal, you know? Yeah, and then now it's just a term we use without even thinking about it. Oh, it's not even slang anymore. It's just a word. (laughs) So all of that, because because he said what now? You're the coolest. You're the coolest, okay. Oh, wow, we wrapped right back around to cool. (laughs) I did that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right, go ahead. On the way home, what happens to him? He gets harassed by some cops who were seniors when he was a freshman, and they're still kind of upset, 
because he would never let them hang out with him. And he's like, well, because you guys were kind of losers. You were dorks. You were dorks, yeah. And they're like, well, we're cops now. And that whole, like, you know, power complex thing. So they harass him. And when they don't find anything on him, first they find the inhaler. And he's like, it's an inhaler, duh. Well, one of the cops uh-huh. looks at it and he's like, what's this? And the other cop goes, that's an inhaler, you idiot. Yeah. And so then they search his, his pockets and they find, remember these are Penub's pants, a baggie, but it's empty, but they smell weed. So he's like, you can't arrest me for having an empty bag. And so instead they drop it on the ground and, oh, littering. And they they cite him for that. Yes. Maximum fine. But he gets home, and his friends are still there, because where else are they going to go? They're to the walking dead now. Uh-huh. He's doing crochet. And Seth Green's like, so what, do you, like, knit now? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And Sawa is just like, nah, man, Randy broke it all down for me. And he tells him, idle hands the devil's playground. And Seth Green goes, it's not like literal, man. <laughs> yeah, it's and, like a metaphor. <laughs> and Hanson goes, yeah, it's supposed to be like, Metaphorical. <laughs> oh man, that saying's not literal. It's more like, uh, you know, metaphorical. Right. <laughs> Which is very true. But the whole premise of this movie is it takes that term and makes it literal. Yeah. Who shows up? The cops. Yeah, I forget why they kept following him. There's got to be some stupid reason, but yeah. they followed him to back to his house, and they've discovered that he is the murderer. But when they come in, they're so terrified of Seth Green and Henson that they're just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. What do we do? What do we do? And Sawa's like, oh, thank God you're here. And he just like Cuff knitting. me. He's knitting this whole time. Right. He won't stop knitting. And they're like, put down the needles. <laughs> and he's like, I really don't think you want me to do that. Just cuff me and in all the hullabaloo he ends up killing both of them. he kills one guy with one of the knitting needles straight from ear to ear and then takes the stun gun that he had on him and shoots the other cop right in the face and fries him will that kill you if you get stun gunned in the face um i i i don't know it won't kill you it'll hurt but theoretically depending on how high the setting is how long you hold it down for i'm sure there are safeties in place now which prevent that from happening but in 1999 who knows? It's also really funny because when they first come in, Devin's like, oh, shit, what should I do? They, they, <laughs> oh, so, we haven't said this. Henson's head is sitting on the yes, on the Because the, uh-huh. when when Devin killed him, his head fell off. So his head's just sitting there. And he, he goes to say, I think. And out of fear, the cops shoot the head. Oh, yeah. Shoot him right Henson's in the head. And Henson's just like. Well, I was going to say you should do what the cops tell you to do, but now I think you should just kill them. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Because they're dead now, and they already were, you know, stoners who didn't give a rat's ass about anything, but now that they're dead, they also kind of feed into the homicide angle. They're like, just kill them. Who cares? (laughs) They just really don't care about anything anymore. Yes. Zero consequences for these guys. And this whole time... I think Dracula's been playing. Yes, uh huh. And I now Dracula will only ever remind me of this last Halloween when we went to Universal Studios. Really? I was waiting for you and Amanda, our roommate, at, in the bathroom. You two were in the bathroom, and I was waiting outside. Uh-huh. And I was right outside of Rob Zombie's maze. Oh, and they're just playing Dracula. Just over and over and over again. Did I am the one exterminating son? Flipping 
Yes, that song. And Devin's like, what the fuck? I didn't mean to kill them. And Seth Green goes, I told you. It's like metaphorical. (laughs) (laughs) So then he didn't help at all. Well, yeah, man, I told you that saying was more like metaphorical. It's a metaphor. I know it's a metaphor. So what is his plan? What does he decide to do? He has to cut off his hand. And how does he do it? Because this made sense in 1999. Well, first he grabs a bagel guillotine. This was a thing in the 90s. I think we had one at one point. No. Yes, we had one at work (laughs) that we would use to cut our bagels. Um, and when he's, when they try to suggest that it won't work, Penub's like, that thing won't even cut my bagels. It's so true. They wouldn't. They were pieces of shit. They, they, they smash your bagel first. Exactly. And then they cut it. It would just crumple up. <laughs> anyway, so he tries and all it does is just break the blade on his hand. It does absolutely nothing. And so then he grabs a meat cleaver. <laughs> And his hand's dancing around, getting away from him, and he can't hit it. Well, no. With anything. First, what does Seth Green do? Oh, right. <laughs> get the get the turkey carver, and oh god, it's the one line that just is always in my head because I think it was in the trailer. Will forever be in my head for this movie. Is I'm Leatherface, <laughs> and as he runs forward, it comes unplugged from the wall. He's like, oh, yeah, you look so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at me! Look at me! I'm Leatherface. It's so good. Oh my so god. So he grabs the meat cleaver and starts banging around and and then eventually they hold it down. Uh Penub's head bites it bites yes, on the hand. But you're not describing it cuz Seth Green is watching it and he's just like, "Oh, mm. Oh, mm." <laughs> and then and at the end when he stops for a second, Seth goes, "You missed." <laughs> yep. It's it's really really dumb, but like these guys have such good comedic Timing. I will mention this later, but what doesn't have timing is the movie, like the editing, the film editing. It has really shit pacing and timing. Yes. Uh, but the actors within are very good. Like I said, we know it's not the director. Yeah. <laughs> it was all the actors doing their best. Yeah. So so he has Penub bite down on his hand to prevent it from moving, and then he cuts it off. Like, midway down the forearm, too. Like, it has a lot of... Not later. Later, it's just a stump. So I don't know if maybe they fucked it up in the editing or not. But no, but you later, can even see when he has his hand and it's just the hand, it's really short. It's not just missing a hand. And it has a little bit of a stump because it like has to sit up on it sometimes and stuff. So it's not, it's not like at the wrist. It's lower than the wrist. But yeah, it's weird. It changes length and yeah. And then they go to get a first aid kit. First, they tape it up with plastic bags and stuff oh, like no, that. Before they do that, oh, what does Seth Green do? He puts an iron on it. He's like, haven't you ever seen ER? Yes. <laughs> he has to cauterize the wound. Uh, and then they wrap it up with, with uh, plastic bags and some tape. And according to Chris, that would work. Well, I mean, it would hurt, but it would help. Because one of the things you're going to die from because of that is blood loss. And that'll prevent it. It seals that. You might die from infection. You might die from something else. But that's why they need to get the first aid kits. They mention, oh, that's going to get really infected. And so they leave to go get a first aid kit. Yes, and burritos. And uh, And I swear to God, it's the same burrito I eat. (laughs) Oh, yes, that's right. It is. (laughs) This is when he puts it in the microwave. Yeah, he puts it in. After they leave. After they leave. It, it had run away by this point. Because he's going to find in blood that the hand has written bad move, Anton. Yes. After they've left. 
Meanwhile, Jessica Alba shows up ready to go to the Halloween dance. Yeah. And she's banging on the on the door and he's oh, she's dressed like a sexy angel and, he's and wrestling perfect. with the hand. And like we said, this is very Bruce Campbell, very Three Stooges. He's all over the place. But he eventually grabs the hand and throws it into the microwave. He convinces her that he's he has to clean up because his parents will kill him. And because so he's she, made such a mess yeah, with his costume. Even though his, there's like nothing to his costume and they comment well, on that in this part says, of the joke. He says, I'm a guy who cut off his hand and he's got blood all over him. Uh-huh. And so he convinces her to go to the dance without him. But yeah, he, he puts the hand in the microwave, fries it, and it pops and all that stuff. It's like, ew, gross. Mm-hmm. Thinking it's dead. And so he leaves. But while he's left, his friends come back. And his friends have brought burritos. So what do they need to open up? They need to open up the microwave and it crashes through the the house Yeah, it window. just flies uh-huh. through like like thing. Is uh-huh. it a thing? Yes. But also I'd like to say that before they open the microwave, Henson is like, should we clean up in here? <laughs> and Seth Green goes, not our mess, which is fine, except that you're going to heat up your food. Yeah, well, they don't care. <laughs> they heat it up. I, I don't know if this is the right order, but they do eventually get a burrito out of there. And uh, Seth Green's going to have the second one. And when Penub is eating it, it comes oozing out of his neck. Yeah. And so his neck is just has a um because at this has point has a barbecue fork they've stuck, shoved down his yeah. yeah. <laughs> they've stuck a, a fork into his head and they've put his head on. So what's his solution then? To get some duct tape and wrap it around his neck. Yeah. And and since it's a costume party It's Halloween. Yeah, uh-huh. You always get away with having crazy shit uh-huh. on Halloween. And so he comes back. Anton yeah, comes back. he tells her, go to the dance and uh-huh. I'll come and meet you there. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, don't open that. But they're just opening it for a burrito, right? And he's yeah, like, oh, no, what happened to it? And they look out the window and there's the shattered window. They fear that it is after Jessica Alba now and they need to go get it at the dance. So they go to the dance to get it. Yes. Meanwhile, Randy's going bowling with his friends and his friends take off to get to the dance and we'll see them later. Uh-huh. While bowling, he meets Vivica Fox. Yes. She is looking around for somebody, for anybody that has a hand. I don't know why she went to the bowling alley. I don't know. But she did. And he hits on her and she just tells him straight up, this is what I do. I look for this hand that's possessed by the devil. And he goes, no, shit. My friend was talking about some crazy stuff earlier, and she is hilarious. She grabs him by the shirt, thrusts him up against the wall, and she's like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> I come from a long line of Druidic priestesses sworn to fight a certain evil force that possesses the laziest fuck-up it can find. It will kill as many people as possible, and then drag a free soul into the netherworld. That's some weighty shit there. Yeah. Here's the kicker. I actually have the one thing that could stop this from happening. I just need to find the poor bastard whose hand is possessed. Weird. Hey, earlier today, this guy Anton, he told me that his hand was doing stuff that he didn't want it to do. Don't you fuck with me, mister. And he's like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. And she's like, show me where he lives. So they go, and this is around the time when they leave to go to the dance. Well, because... 
Devin is like, we need to go and save her. And Seth Green is like, dude, just get high. Who gives a shit? And so Devin's about to give this big speech. And what does Seth Green say? <laughs> Do I don't remember? remember, no. All right. Okay. Okay, stop. No Kevin Costner speeches. We're going, oh, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm through with that. I mean, all I do is I, I sit around all day. I vet Joe. I watch TV. I smoke pot. No, no, no. No Kevin Costner speeches. All right, let's just go. So they end up stealing Randy's truck and driving away to get to the the dance faster. He's like, no, don't steal the Ford. Yeah. And so they take her like Winnebago or whatever it is that she has. Yes. To, to go and follow him to the dance. Meanwhile, at the dance, Randy's friends, who we barely know as characters, uh-huh. who have dressed up as Kiss, uh-huh. uh, are in the car making out. Well, it's really hot in there, right? Because they're making out. And they've got all this Kiss makeup on, so they've got to put down the window. Uh-huh. And that is how Thing gets in. Yes. So while he's fondling her boobs, another third hand comes up, she freaks out, and it strangles her, snaps her neck. And then smashes his face against the window. And then so when they show up, they go straight to the car, open the door, and dude falls out and his face is all fucked up. It's like, how did you know to go to that car? Doesn't matter. Forget about it. It's just a stupid movie is the kind of tact this movie has. Yes. Who's playing at the dance, Kelsey? The Offspring? The Offspring is playing. Oh, gosh. And but the, they're not playing any of their songs. They No, one of them is. Oh. Well, any so, of their big songs, yeah. I guess. And the the first song they're playing is I Want to Be Sedated. Yeah. By the Ramones, who do Pet Cemetery, which opens up this show. The next song they sing is Beheaded, which is one of their own songs. But it sounds like a TSOL sort of code blue thing. And I thought, I, I, I remember thinking that it was not an Offspring song. But yeah, no, it definitely is. And you can't talk about Offspring without saying something to the effect of, did you know that Dexter, whatever his last name is, that he has like a PhD in microbiology or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the hand kills the principal and then like sharpens its nails in the the pencil sharpener. Uh Uh-huh. The electric pencil sharpener. Debbie, who is Vivica Fox and Randy, Debbie and Randy show up. And they oh, go. Her name's important here, but go ahead. They go after Anton, and she's like, "I know how to solve your problem." And he's like, "Great," and she's like, "Die!" Yes. Uh, and he's like, "No, I've already cut it off." And she's like, "Oh my god, you let it loose!" Uh huh. But when this scene starts, they're like fighting. She has him on the ground, and she's like punching him and stuff. In comes from the side of the camera shot. In comes Randy, and he runs up, and he's looking at him. He goes, "Yeah." Fuck him up, Debbie. <laughs> it's just so good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, fuck him up, Debbie. And then she pulls out the knife and he's like, whoa. That's a little harsh <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, he, said, he comments on how, like, it's just this ceremonial dagger thing. He's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Devin says, we need to find it because it's after my girlfriend. She's like, well, I got bad news for you because it's planning on taking your girlfriend to hell at midnight. At midnight. Here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. And they're like, oh, great. We have three more hours. She's like, no, you don't. Druid time. <laughs> you got like six minutes. Yeah. And it's, it's yes. so fucking great. If your girl's the one it's after, then at midnight, it's taking her to hell. It's not even nine o'clock yet. We got some time. No. It's actually... Six minutes till midnight. Druid time. 
There, there's got to be. If you're gonna say it's by a timeline, the timeline had better make sense. Yes, it better be consistent and not local. Wait, three in Pacific or Eastern time? Do demons recognize daylight savings? Meanwhile, the hand kills the lead singer of the offspring. So now everyone has seen the hand. Yes. Because later, Chris was like, what about what happened Like, he next? still killed everybody. No, he didn't. No. Nope. Everybody saw Everybody that saw hand. the hand. But then it also doesn't make sense when later they say that he's still delusional. Yeah, I don't so, know. So, like, yeah, there's inconsistency here. But that's okay. Who cares? The movie tells you, shut up, it's a stupid movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it will definitely tell you it's a stupid movie coming up here. When this happens, uh-huh. everyone at the dance freaks out and runs. And Jessica Alba is talking to her friend, the one that Randy hit on earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, at this point, by the way, guys, she's been hitting on Henson this whole time. They've been, like, making out shit. This chaos is happening, and her friend is like, we need to go through the air ducts, which is the stupidest decision. And Jessica Alba's like... What about Devin Sawa? And her friend goes, screw him. I mean, he'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So to explain what's going on with them, we'll just get through their storyline here a little bit. They end up making it to a vent where a giant turbine is spinning, an industrial air conditioning system or whatever. And Jessica Alba takes her friend's shoe and wedges it in there. And I doubt that would work. Oh, as as powerful as that is, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, if if it was strong enough to hurt you, like not like a ceiling fan where you're like you hit it and you're like ow, but really you can reach your hand up there and stop it. It's not like that. If if it if a shoe could stop it, your your body could stop it without breaking the skin. You know what okay. I mean? So it's like anyway, either it's a danger or it's not. And then she takes the friend's whip because her friend is like a devil. She's an angel. Her friend's a devil. Takes her friend's whip, ties it up, and they're going to lower themselves down through this vent. She gets through, but the friend's freaking out and delaying it. And she starts to, but then the hand catches up to them. Yes, it ends up killing her. Yes, and drops through the fan and gets blood all over Jessica Alba. Yeah, because she gets hanged. And then the the propellers keep going and she gets brought up into them and gets blood everywhere. And that's where she ends up getting captured right here, right? She ends up running into the art room. Yeah. Which is why the hand will suddenly have hand puppets. This is where he runs into it, I thought. Well, this is where the hand will knock her out. Got it, yes. The hand hits her over the head with a clay pot, which of course, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. It's very, very silly. Uh, but I love that when she gets knocked over the head, she's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> passes out. And so when uh, Mick and Penub are up in the vents and they see the girl all in pieces and Mick gives him a hard time about how he's not getting laid now. But Devin Sawa is, is looking for the hand, looking for Jessica Alba, and he also comes upon the art room. And I thought this was inspired, actually, the hand going into a hand puppet and attacking him as the hand puppet was really inspired. And then the movie takes it too fucking far later. When he changes the face? Yes. But that's where they were going with it. That's why they probably wanted it so that they could express feelings through the hand. Sure, but now it's like a slapstick comedy. It always was. No, 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 no. There is a suspension of disbelief in a world where a hand could be possessed and people can be undead. Yes, I believe all of this. Do Am I now supposed to believe that a hand can get high because it has lungs and a brain 
and that the puppet that it's inside of can also physically transform to represent that highness, that is a completely different level of suspension of disbelief. So, yes, absolutely, I can be bothered by that. They take it way too far. It goes into full, full moon territory. You know, like those horror movies. I still like it. Anyway, I do love the idea of him getting inside a puppet and fighting Devin Sawa that way. So what happens there? They end up following him into the the auto body shop. Yes. Shop class. And... I love that the first thing Seth Green sees is a gigantic bong that the shop kids have made. And he goes, the shop boys are true artistes. Yes, but Penub tries to take credit for it. I made that. Like, no, you didn't. And earlier he said he had made a, um, an ashtray in the uh-huh. art room. And he's like, I almost believe the ashtray, but this, no. <laughs> <laughs> but what's happened is... The hand's going to take her to hell. It's drawn a pentagram on the ceiling. It's strapped Jessica Alba to the top of a car, and the lift is lifting the car up to the ceiling, and it's going to smash her into the pentagram. Why would the lift go up that high? You're right. You're absolutely right. It needs to go just high enough to fit people under it, and that's it. Right. But I'm fine with this. This is a stupid comedy. Yes. I I didn't even think about it, but who cares? (laughs) Right? Yeah. That's different. And it's going to push her up into the pentagram. And supposedly, you know, we don't know. Is it going to kill her? Is it going to take her to hell? Either way, it's bad. It doesn't matter. And so the hand wearing this googly-eyed puppet fights Anton. They're fighting, fighting, fighting. They're trying to get over the lever that will stop this lift from raising up. But the hand is just too strong. So Mick and Penub <laughs> decide to be like, hey, you need your strength. And Penub's like, ooh, I need me spinach. And <laughs> he's going to get high Then Anton's like, no, I need it. Jessica Alba looks over and is like, are you serious? You're getting high with your friends. And he takes just, you know, it sounds like a thing that a girlfriend might complain to about her boyfriend, right? Yeah. And he takes just the biggest rip off this bong he possibly can. And you think it's going to be so he can get the strength to move the whatever. Instead, he blows it up the hand puppet and gets the hand really high to where it gets so high it can't fight back. And he's able to stop the lift just in time. And the hand goes through the air to attack somebody just as Debbie comes running in with the knife, throws it through the air, and it impales the knife right into Seth Green's chest. And it just kind of goes and disappears in a little puff of smoke. And he's like, that's it? No, like, big firework? Like, that's it? That was weak. (laughs) (laughs) That's it? That's it? No explosions? No hellfire? No... I mean, no, I'm glad everybody's all right, but yeah, that was weak. And then uh, Debbie pulls Randy off, and she's like, now it's time for the ritualistic sex. Uh-huh. Yes, it's dumb. It's so stupid. It's okay. But it's still funny. And it's Henson, still funny, yes. Henson says, marijuana saves another another otherwise disastrous date. Uh-huh. And then what happens? Well, Jessica Alba and Devin Sawa are making out under the car, Penub is getting high, and he backs into the lever, hitting the switch. The car comes crashing down and smashes Devin Sawa. Sweet Jesus, that <laughs> should have come down way slower. Just <laughs> <laughs> totally hanging a lantern on the fact that that car came down so fast. Just say, that shouldn't have come that fast. And so, presumably killing Devin Sawa. And then the light appears, and... 
The guys are like, this is our perfect opportunity. Let's go into the light this time. And they grab the bong to take it with them. They're like, well, are you coming? Because it's assumedly the light appeared for Devon Sawa. Right. Instead, Mick and Penub take it. And so Devon Sawa never goes into the light. Yes. And the next scene we get is of him in the hospital with Jessica Alba saying, you blew off heaven to kick it with me. Which, again, I think that's another line I've used yeah. in the show. <laughs> I love this movie. Yes. No, it's so good. Yeah, but he's all in traction, basically. Yeah, and she says, you're the coolest. Yes. I can't even believe it. You blew off heaven to kick it with me. You are the coolest. Mick and Penub come back as they're now his guardian angels. Yes. And they're total dicks. <laughs> yes. And when he says, oh, shit, and he's talking to them, the nurse is like, oh, no, he's he's still hallucinating. Visiting hours are over. And so they leave. And Mick and Penub are like, well, we're going to go grab something to eat or something like that. And they leave. And what happens? They turn off the lights. And it says, I'm under the bed. On the ceiling. And he screams. And then... They're like, do you think we should tell him we wrote the thing on the ceiling? Nah. Nah, he'll be okay or whatever. Yeah. And then that's the end of the movie. Lightning round, Kelsey. Do you have any extra thoughts about stuff that happened in the movie? I didn't mention all the all of the gay jokes. I just, it made me uncomfortable. Unnecessary. We mentioned that it happens yeah. and that it sucks. Yeah. But yeah, I think that those three guys, Devin Sawa, Seth Green, and Eldrin Henson worked really well together. Eldon Henson. Eldon Henson. I think they work great together. I think they're really on point with their comedic timing. You know, they make really stupid lines very funny. Yeah. Yes, it's not nearly as laugh out loud funny as mm -hmm. I remembered it being. But you know what? The parts that I just told you about that were hilarious, that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. And it's like every character, too. Like, even side characters. Like, did a really good Randy. Randy and Vivica Fox. And, and Debbie Vivica Jessica Fox. Jessica Alba. Yes. They're all really funny. They're all really good. It's just all this shit around the movie that's like, the writing sucks. <laughs> it's all in the delivery. Yes. The pacing of the film, the editing sucks. Uh, it, the direction is not exactly inspired. And I feel like the writing, I feel like, I, I feel like half of the writing is clever. Sure. But the other half is pretty lame. Yeah. But they lean into the lameness yes. to make it funny. Yes. They make it funny. And it's a shame that I don't think a lot of people like this movie. Yeah. What do you think the general consensus was amongst reviewers? What is the Rotten Tomatoes score? I saw it. I remember it shocked me. I can't remember the exact number, but I remember being like, what the fuck? So I'm going to guess 15%. It is 15%. An uneasy mix of slapstick and gore, Idle Hands lacks the manic energy and comedic inspiration required to pull off its goofy premise. Metacritic average of 31. Cinema score of C+, which is not as bad as you would expect it to be from the reviewers. But, you know, the reviewers on their hoity-toity yeah, exactly. high Exactly. Yeah, reviewers uh -huh. saw this movie and were like, this is dumb. They looked down their nose at it. Yes. But audiences were like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. I think, like I said before, I think a lot of my love for this movie is nostalgic in nature, but 15% no. is ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I think my, my score is going to be a lot higher than most people's score would be simply because I was 12. <laughs> I was the perfect age for this movie. Right, yeah. And I just thought it was hilarious. I still think it's very funny. So I'm going to give it a 79. You know, I was wondering... 
if I would give it that high. I don't think I can give it that high, but I'm thinking like a like a 73. I think I would give it. I think 74 sounds too high and 72 sounds too low. So 73 is where I'm landing on this one. But this is definitely going to end up on our list at the end of the year of the biggest differential between us and the critics. Oh, yeah. 100%. 15? That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Ugh. Anyway. And it's really unfortunate because, I mean, it means a lot of people won't see it. But, I mean, again, audiences change. Right, I, I yeah. doubt today's audience would be as receptive to it. Right. And that is 1999's Idle Hands and our classic film this week. Before we get to our modern film, Kelsey, or trivia. In the movie 28 Days Later, what was the name of the virus that turned most people into flesh-hungry zombies? It's the rage virus. Yes, it is. All right, Kelsey. I mentioned a name earlier. Christopher Hart is one of the stars of this film. He is a magician and has a bit role in this movie, Idle Hands. But he's probably more famous for, for playing another famous role in another famous movie that came out around this time, a little earlier. Can you name either the movie or, more importantly, the role? Can you tell me who the actor is? Christopher Hart. You're not going to tell me which one that is? Because I don't know who that is. I'm afraid that would give it away. The (laughs) fact that if I told you... So they watched it in the film? He's a magician. And what are magicians good with? Their hands. Oh, did he do the hand? Yes. But the hand didn't do anything fancy. Just ran around. Somebody had to play the role and somebody had to make it look convincing. So what's the answer to the question now that you know that? Ask me the question again. Christopher Hart, who played the hand in Idle Hands. Adam's family. Yes. <laughs> he plays the thing. You said it twice when we were talking about it. I'm like, oh, she's for sure going to get this. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our modern film, 2010's Tucker and Dale versus Evil, written by Eli Craig and Morgan Jurgensen, directed by Eli Craig, starring Tyler Labine, Alan Tudyk, Katrina Bowden, and Jesse Moss. What is Tucker and Dale versus Evil about? A group of college kids go camping for Memorial Day weekend, which we did not do on purpose. Yes, this episode's <laughs> coming out on Memorial Day. We did not do that on purpose. <laughs> And it happens to be right next to where these two hillbillies have their new vacation home. Misunderstandings abound and deaths happen because of those misunderstandings. Eli Craig, who was one of the writers and the director of this movie, recently did another horror comedy for Netflix called Little Evil. This is the movie where Adam Scott and Evangeline Lilly. We never saw it. Yeah. Adam Scott marries Evangeline Lilly. She already has a kid. And he thinks that her kid is the Antichrist. It's like a comedic omen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the movie, it's streaming. It's actually, you know how long it's been since we've watched a movie that's actually available on one of the services we subscribe to? <laughs> I've been renting or buying every single movie every single week for like at least a month. It's been streaming with a subscription on Netflix. It's on Tubi. Uh, you can rent it for only 3 or $4. You can buy it for as little as $7 on Google, Vudu, and Prime. Can we talk about the fact that it's available through these shitty things called Monsters and Nightmares or Warriors and Gangsters on Prime? This is the first I've heard about it. You can pay extra money per month to get 
specific types of movies that they deem fall into these categories? Do you want scary movies? Well, then subscribe for an extra $3 a month to Monsters and Nightmares, and you get what they decide goes in the Monsters and Nightmares category. It's insane. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. (laughs) I'm already paying for a Prime subscription that's not getting me this movie. Mm -hmm. You're telling me I need to pay extra for each category I might be interested in watching if you maybe deigned to put it in that category? Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Amazon. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It is upsetting. Meanwhile, Jeff Bezos is going to become the world's first trillionaire. God. Anyway, should people watch this movie? Surprisingly, yes. Yes, you should absolutely see this movie. I thought it was pretty funny. Kelsey, for a long time, just was so uninterested in this movie. And I'm like, no, it's good. I love it. You should see this movie. Yeah, but and you like a lot of comedies that you're I right. don't like. We've talked about that in the past. The reason why we do the show about horror movies is because one of the few genres where interests sort of align. We don't like the same comedies very much. <laughs> and so she was worried that maybe I was just saying that because I liked it, but that she wouldn't like it. And to be honest, I wasn't sure if she was going to like it or not. <laughs> But I knew it was good and it was clever and I thought she might. So finally we watched it. And yes, it's actually kind of good. So we would recommend that it's you like watch amazing it. amazing or anything. It's not, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, you can take our advice or leave it. But when we get back, we will talk about 2010's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, jeez. Whoa, Jesus. Did you see the way those guys looked at us? Who wants to go skinny dipping? No. We got your friend. They captured Allison. Oh, it's the pancakes. You hate pancakes. I'm going to make you something else. What am I doing here? Fell into the water. I dove in and rescued you. We'll go find your friends. You should relax. Tucker and Dale are on the case. What is this place? It's just a cabin. It doesn't mean they're psycho killers. Then why don't you go in there and talk to them? All right. Maybe I will. I said maybe. Dale? What are you doing? Digging a shitter hole. You mind if I help? He's making her dig her own grave. There's no rules out here. It's us against them. Saw your friend out there. He must be allergic to bees or something because he was running like a bat out of hell. This is a suicide pact. These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. The girl that we have, she can maybe explain the whole thing. You've got another one inside. Oh, she's in my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Time to die, freak. Don't, don't use that. Oh, look, I'm gonna wedge it from that side and you pull him out. Kelsey, get us started. What happens at the beginning of Tucker and Dale versus Evil? We start with a news reporter going past the crime scene lines to do inside scoop. And the cameraman is like, oh, shit, this is still a crime scene. She's like, oh, my God, do your job. And then they both die. Someone smiles at the camera. And then three days ago comes up on the screen. Yes. 
We get to meet the big group of kids, and it doesn't really matter. They're just they're just deaths, basically. Is do how you, you can do. You want to know their names without having any idea of which one's which? Sure. Their names are Allison. We I know, know Allison. Allison. Allison's Chad. the main girl. We know Chad. We know Chad. He's the dickhead. the main jock guy. Yeah. Chloe, Chuck, Jason, Naomi, Todd, Mitch, and Mike. Yeah. Big group of people. And there's going to be a lot of deaths. I do remember Mitch because Mitch has a funny death. But everybody else, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> They're just deaths. That's uh-huh. all they are. Yeah. But Allison is, of course, going to be our main girl, and Chad is going to be our main guy. So they're just a bunch of college kids being stupid, and they're out for Memorial Day weekend, which again, which we didn't, we did not plan. And they're going to go and spend some time in the woods while they're driving. This truck pulls up next to them. They saw them earlier. Whatever. They drive by, and. They immediately think they are evil hillbillies because they just stare at them awkwardly Uh as they drive by. When in reality, they're just not the smartest people in the world and they're super not used to what society deems as normal. Right. That's all it is. Can can we say, though, that Dale Tyler Levine, he does a real – well, actually, both of them, Tucker, Alan Tudyk, they both do, like, really good evil hillbilly looks – in yes. the scene when they're driving by. Yes. They're, they, <laughs> they have no idea funny. they're looking evil, but they do. They give off this great look. It's awesome. Has the other guy been in anything? Yeah, he's the guy that starts the spread of the disease that kills all the humans in the Planet of the Apes franchise. Is he? Yeah. What does he do? He takes care of the, of the monkeys with, uh, sorry, not monkeys, apes. <laughs> he takes care of the apes with, what's Franco? his face? With Franco. And in the first film. In the first film, yeah. And then by the end of the first film, he's the one that's, like, really sick and trying to get to Franco or whatever. And then he coughs on his neighbor, the one that everyone hates because he tries to get <laughs> Caesar taken away from Franco. Yes. And that's what starts the spread of the virus that kills everybody by the next movie. Oh. Because he was pretty funny. I'm surprised he's not in more stuff. He's in TV shows. Hmm. He's in Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which I still haven't seen, and it really bothers me, because I read that book, I think, before I ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I really, I want to watch the TV show based on it. We'll have to watch it. Okay. Now, we get the first really stupid laugh here, where it's like, oh no, guys, crisis, we forgot the beer, and then they all look at the camera and scream, Uh, right? Yeah. And that's what I was like, this is exactly what I was afraid of. This is what this movie is going to be. But it's really not. Uh-huh. There's a lot of really comedic gold in the, in this film. So they both end up stopping at the same gas station. And there's some interactions here that, again, make Tucker and Dale seem very creepy. They don't know how to talk to these people. They don't know how to make their faces not look creepy. And it's very funny. Outside of the gas station, the dude from Firefly is going to tell Dale, (laughs) you got to have faith in yourself. Girls can smell fear. You just got to go up and talk to them. You got to have confidence. And if you ever say anything and you don't know what else to say, just smile and laugh. That's girls like that. Mm -hmm. Which we know right off the bat, this is going to go bad. Yeah. Tucker says, what's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Which is a lot of bad stuff, apparently. <laughs> and of course, he walks over there holding a scythe. I mean, 
Because they bought, they bought it, their brush clearing site. This yes, they, they have. They bought all this stuff, which if you saw it in somebody's car, you'd be like, they're serial killers. Uh-huh. There's a chainsaw, a scythe, and all this extra stuff, yeah. Uh-huh. But in fact, they're just hillbillies that know if I want to clear the ground around my my cabin, I got to have this shit, uh-huh. which is exactly what they're doing. They're very excited to have a vacation home. Uh-huh. It's very sad <laughs> when you find out what happens. <laughs> it's a mansion. <laughs> So he comes up and he's trying to talk to Allison and Chad is like, back off and like acts like he knows karate or yeah. whatever. And but before before Chad comes in is when he doesn't know what to say. So he just goes, <laughs> yes, just smiling and laughing like a crazy person. Yes. Yeah. Chad comes in, does his karate moves. Back off. <laughs> and then they all rush into the into the truck and drive, drive away. Yes. So they're driving. To their vacation home. And Tucker is talking to Dale about what where he went wrong with, with Allison. Yeah. He says something which makes Dale look at his hands. Oh. <laughs> and it's just like, what did he think he meant there? So Tucker tells him, you've got an inferiority complex. <laughs> and Dale looks at his hands and says, no, I don't. <laughs> What did he think he meant? Doesn't matter. It's genius. <laughs> like I feel like there's a joke there that uh-huh. went over my head. <laughs> I feel like a kid that doesn't get a, an adult joke. So then they're driving and Tucker is drinking while he's driving and the cops are behind him. And he's like, oh shit, you know, and he wants to get rid of the beer, but he instead drops the beer. And he's like, oh fuck, now it's all over the place. And so Dale is like, I'll help you. And he leans over to get it. And like wipe it up. And then his shirt shirt gets caught. And that comes off. And he's stuck down there. So when the cop pulls up to them, walks up to them, he definitely thinks they're gay. But it doesn't go anywhere? No, no. It's not like a joke on gay people or whatever. It's just another excuse. Were you just blowing that man while you were driving? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, that's as far as it goes. Exactly. And then there's this weird interaction where he's like, I need your license. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I only have a temporary license. And you're like, is that going to go somewhere? It doesn't. Nope. These weird little things. And then the guy, the cop tells him. There ain't nothing up there. But pain and suffering on a scale you can't even imagine. Without any explanation. (laughs) And the guys are just like, what? (laughs) And the audience is also like, what is happening? It's supposed to kind of be like the... The harbinger, harbinger. but you don't know why. Right. No. But, I mean, we do ultimately know why, the the pain and suffering that they're headed towards. The the fact of the matter is they just happened to buy the cabin that belonged to a hillbilly murderer. Yet, do we know that yet? Do we know about a hillbilly murderer yet? Or is that when Chad tells the story? Chad tells the story, yeah. Okay. Which hasn't happened yet. Okay. So they get to the cabin, their vacation home, and... (laughs) I mean, it's actually, for a vacation home, it's actually not bad. It's just, it's very, very dirty and gross. Yeah. But they don't see that. All they see is how huge it is. The potential, yeah. It's a mansion. <laughs> yeah, and they're like a fixer-upper. What were they talking about? You know? And it's like, genuinely, if I had that as my cabin home, I would be very happy. It's, it is pretty big. Uh-huh. It's just gross. But, like, they are just like, so what? We're cleaning it up. What's the big deal? Yeah. It's got board games. Yes. And they find all these bones, and Tucker is like, 
oh, he must have been an archaeologist. <laughs> and uh, Dale finds all these news clippings uh-huh. of like murders and he's like yeah and he must have been a news addict too <laughs> oh a coupon for <laughs> a no expiration date <laughs> chubby's chili dog depot buy three get two free no expiration date all right <laughs> store and they're talking about you know dreams really do come true and then tucker puts his hand on a beam and the beam breaks, and all of these giant rusty nails are sticking out of it. And they're like, fuck, better fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Which they don't. They don't. Because they just started. Like, yes. they literally just got here. <laughs> <laughs> now, back to the college kids. They are camping, and Chad tells a scary story about how 20 years ago today, a hillbilly murderer killed a bunch of kids that were out here camping for Memorial Day, and they have a fun little clip, and they're all dressed like 90s. And what's the song playing? I don't remember. It's a 90s song. It's it's a cute little moment, and we get to see they're all murdered, but one person survived to tell the tale. To tell the tale. Everyone else is buried beneath us. Uh-huh. And everybody's kind of creeped out, and then somebody runs up, and they're like, hey guys, I found a a lake let's go skinny dipping yay Uh you know just it's playing on the tropes of stupid kids yeah before allison can leave though to meet up with the rest of her friends chad stops her and he's obviously drunk and he's talking about how they're perfect for each other they're better than the rest Uh uh-huh they're a cut above the rest you know i guess this has to do with them having money but when you find out Chad's backstory and you find out Allie's backstory, neither of them should have money. I don't think it's about money. I think it's about being better people. And it's it's his idea of complimenting Allison, but he doesn't realize that in saying that everyone else is beneath them, that's really disgusting to her. Yes. And she's just like, Chad, you're drunk. Let's just talk about this later. And you think he's going to do something shitty here, but he doesn't. No. He does, like, you know, think she's a frigid bitch or whatever. Oh, yeah. He he says shit about her, but he doesn't do anything. Uh And you think he's going to, the way he's kind of moving towards her. Yeah, and he's 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 positioning himself in such a way as to entrap her. And yeah. But nothing happens here. And then the next thing we know, they're skinny dipping and it's nighttime. Yeah. People, it wasn't nighttime before. (laughs) But they have been traveling all day. It was probably late afternoon when they're having the campfire. Didn't seem like that. (laughs) I know. But we just need to accept that it's nighttime. And Tucker and Dale are also in this lake. Fishing. Fishing. Nighttime fishing. And so everybody is skinny dipping. Allison, though, for whatever reason, is off by herself. Yeah, she gets up on a big rock and she gets undressed there. And Dale's like, oh, my God, look. Right where Tucker and Dale can see her. Uh-huh. Tucker figures out that they're all skinny dipping, and he's like, why don't we go over there? And Dale's like, that doesn't seem right. But before they can, Tucker notices, oh, shit, we're going to get a free show right here. And Dale still thinks this is wrong. Covers his eyes. Yes. And he tries to um stop Tucker from watching. Tucker from watching. Is that how she falls? Because she realizes she they're watching them. her. She gets freaked out. She falls. She falls and hits her head. And this will happen th- two more times. Uh-huh. This girl hits her head a lot. And they're like, oh, shit. One of them dives in to save Alice. And I think it's Dale who's it's like, Dale. And, da, da, and then just, and just, just plops into the water. And yeah. It's, it's very funny. 
And then they're getting her into their canoe. It's just a little boat. But because she's dressed in, you know, just her underwear at this point, it looks like they've done something to her. And all they see is them flopping her unconscious into the the boat so it looks really bad mm-hmm. and they and the girl the ditzy one screams and then they're like hey we got your friend yes <laughs> and then they scream and the kids run away yes this movie is filled with <laughs> post-it note problems uh-huh. <laughs> where if he had just said your friend hit her head uh-huh. that'd be totally different but he says we got your friend uh-huh. ah, we got your friend oh god they got allison and that phrasing exactly is going to come up later, too. Yes. And they're like, oh, my God, they've got Allison. And they're like, we need to get the fuck out of here. And they're like, what do you mean? We need to go back for Allison. But they don't. They all run away. Cut to the next morning. She wakes up, obviously freaked the fuck out. And in walks Dale with pancakes for her. Uh-huh. But he's got that stupid hillbilly look on his face and she freaks out. And he's like, oh, oh, it must be the pancakes. I'm so sorry. And <laughs> I should have asked. Out. I should have asked if she liked pancakes, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, pancakes? And she thinks, that's weird. Uh, there's a there's a scary dog looking at her. and Yes. Oh, yes. The dog is looking at her. That's why she doesn't get up and run out. Uh-huh. She thinks the dog's going to take her. Now, back to the other group of kids. Everyone's talking about what should we do? Should we get to the cops? Should we go after Allison? What should we do? And Mitch, and this is why I remember him, because he's the only one that's like, maybe they took her to the hospital? Uh For all we fucking know? Right. But of course, Chad is like, no, they're crazy hillbillies and they're killing her. And one of the guys says... Well, I couldn't see very well, but it looked like he was eating her face. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, Which we didn't assume, at all. We, well, I mean, we could assume that maybe he was giving her mouth to mouth or something like that. More than likely, though, the kid just made yes. it up. Obviously, he he's exaggerating. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Chad is like, we don't need the police. This is us versus them. You don't know how little, uh, how few people get this chance to really live. And everyone else is like, uh. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> Cut back to, before we find out what they're going to end up doing, cut back to Dale and Allison. And she's just like, what happened? And he explains, I dove in and rescued you. And she's like, what about my friends? What did they do? And he's like, well, they run off. But don't worry. Some people just aren't any good to crisis. (laughs) (laughs) It's so sweet. But, and I will say this, seeing him acting this way with her, showing us an intellect... I think they should have kept it where he w- they were just stupid, because if they had kept them stupid, it would have been more believable. But when you start to make them seem like, no, they're actually very intelligent people. Well, the, so the thing is, is that Dale, we're going to find out later that Dale knows a lot of stuff. He's really smart, but he's just kind of oblivious to everything. That's his problem. He's just oblivious. And he doesn't, he's awkward in social situations and all of that. But it makes it kind of hard to believe that they would be that weird around other people. Like that they would just stare at people with their mouths open. Do you know what I mean? I I don't know. (laughs) You've never caught yourself doing, like we talked about the other day when like you're just looking at, uh, looking around and then somebody, you lock eyes with somebody and you're like, oh God, they think I'm staring at them. Right. And I get that this is for comedic effect, but it isn't, for me, it's a little unbelievable Mm -hmm. that they would be that, that stupid and then they would be that intelligent. 
hard for me to put the two together, but it is funny and it does work for comedic purposes. And I forget why, but she asks him if they want to play a game. And he's like, yeah, we've got board games. Let's play uh-huh. Trivia Up, which is basically... Trivial Pursuit. Yes. And they're playing. Meanwhile, Tucker's outside and he's got his his chainsaw. All the kids are like, let's look for Allison, right? Yes. So they're looking for her at this time. They're, and they- they're watching them. And Mitch is like, why don't I just go up there and talk to them? And they're like, fine, go ahead and do it. But he's too afraid to do it. And so Tucker's got his chainsaw and... He's in. The, he's back around the backside of the cabin, and he's he's cutting through a dead stump or dead tree to make it easier to move and get off the, the property. And what he doesn't see is that there's a giant bee's nest in there, a wasp nest or something. And he just chainsaws right through it, and out come all the bees. Now he has a chainsaw that's running, and he's swinging through the air because he's getting swarmed by bees. He's trying to get the bees yeah. away from him. And he him. comes around the front of the cabin, and that's Mitch, when Mitch sees him. Who is walking towards the cabin? Uh-huh. Sees this and screams and runs and then the rest of the kids scream and run and poor Tucker is just like freaking out because <laughs> he's all running these bees. with the chainsaw he ends up catching up with Mitch and there's a slow-mo moment where they lock eyes and Tucker's like what the fuck is this kid doing here yes and Mitch is like why isn't he coming after uh-huh. me and Tucker actually starts to go faster than uh-huh. the kid. And Mitch is like, oh, maybe this isn't, but it's too late. <laughs> he gets impaled t- on a branch. <laughs> and as he's dying, he sees a bee and you can see the look of, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's running. But then he's dead. Yep. Now, do we believe that a person could actually run through stick like that or do we think they would stop a lot fast a lot sooner i guess i don't know if they're not looking obviously it's not going to be that brutal and that right. deep or whatever but they could probably impale themselves i don't you think know. so you maybe. think a person could do it maybe you hit get you're going at speed you're not looking it hits you in the right spot it's sharp enough meanwhile back in the cabin we find out the truth about dale that he has a, a crazy memory he remembers everything and he's totally annihilating Allison at the game and she explains because he's like no I'm really stupid I just have a weird brain that's all and she's like no there's a difference between education and intellect just because you haven't been educated doesn't mean that you aren't intelligent yeah but he explains well I couldn't get past third grade which again these things are very hard for me to reconcile together Mm -hmm. but fine it's funny that's fine and she explains that she is in college to be a therapist because she believes that most of the problems in this world are just based on misunderstandings. Uh-huh. Bad is, communication and, yeah. Uh-huh. Which is exactly what's it's happening. It's the movie hanging a lantern on the whole concept. In walks Tucker. <laughs> and he is covered in bee stings. And he's bitter. Because in his mind, this wouldn't have happened if... Dale was out there helping him instead of playing board games with oh, Allie. Earlier, he looked in and he saw that they were playing and he didn't try to get Dale to come and talk uh-huh. to him, like help him, because he was like, oh, he's a Casanova. Uh-huh. Damn Romeo. Um, and he sits down, and this is not the first time he does this, but he, he pops open a beer <laughs> and he pours it on his face to, I guess, relieve the pain or whatever. <laughs> And Dale's like, oh, shit. And he's like, here, I'll take those out for you. And Tucker's like, I would appreciate that. <laughs> well, yeah, because 
he's kind of a dick to to Dale because Dale's like, "What'd you do?" <laughs> he's like, he tells him what happened, and he's like, "Why'd you do that?" And Tucker's like, "I didn't do it on purpose, you fucking idiot." <laughs> and I would have, I wouldn't have done it if you had been out there helping, which isn't necessarily true. He's uh-huh. just mad. But yeah, so Dale's taking all the stingers out. And he's like, I saw your friends out there, too. They was running away. They must be really allergic to Allergic to bees, to bees yes. Because <laughs> they were all running, too. And she's like, I don't know about that. She's like, let me go talk to my friends. And they're like, no, you need rest. You stay in bed. We'll take care of it. And she's like, I don't think that's the best idea because my friends can be really judgmental. And they're like, don't worry. We're going to be fine. Oh, yeah. Tucker's really good with people. (laughs) He's a people person. And she just has this look on her face like this is a bad idea. Which, again... She should have said, no, I will do this. Uh-huh. Like, but or she, all, we'll all go together exactly. or something. Yeah. But she doesn't, and she lays down. So we get to see the kids, and this is when Chad has really gone over the deep end. I think they found their friend Mitch, and yeah. they think that he did it on purpose, and they're like, God, these people are crazy. This is when Chad is like, it's survival of the fittest, and this girl goes, you have serious issues, you know that? And because of that, he grabs her phone and breaks it. Yeah. We are not calling the cops. Yeah. Well, you can't get any cell reception out here anyway. So stop fucking with the phone or whatever it is he says. But they hide when they see Tucker and Dale coming up. Yes. Tucker and Dale come out there and they find something of theirs. Right. So they're like, well, they must have been here. (laughs) They start screaming, college kids! College kids! We got your friend. <laughs> so yeah, they they're like, I guess we'll just we'll we'll carve out a note for them. Uh-huh. He takes the time to write out, carve out a letter to uh-huh. these kids, and all he writes is, "We got your friend," and he spelled "friend" wrong, which uh-huh. again doesn't necessarily make sense because if his memory is so good, his spelling he should remembers be facts, not spelling. I guess. So they're like, oh my god, they're just torturing Allison. They're waiting for us to come and get her. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back at the house, Dale is trying to help Tucker by digging up, as he will put it, a... A shitter hole. A crapper, a, I mean, a crapper hole. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, an outhouse hole? <laughs> yes. And we find out that she grew up on a farm and it was, you know, contribute or get out or whatever it is that she says. It's a... It's a neat phrase. What are you doing? Uh, oh, I'm digging a shitter hole. I'm, I'm digging a crap crapper hole. It's a sh- it's a hole. It's for the shit house, crap house, outhouse hole. An outhouse hole. <laughs> you mind if I help? What? No, 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 no. It's not work for a pretty, for a girl like you. That's oh. I grew up on a farm. It's either help out or get out. That's a good rule. Yeah. So. I've done this before, believe it or not. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's a good philosophy. And so they start digging this hole together. She has a pickaxe and he has a shovel. And so the, the college kids come creeping up on him. And it oh, looks yeah. like they're, she's he's making her dig her own grave. Yes. And Tucker, by the way, is throwing branches into a wood Oh, chipper. yes, yes. He's doing the wood chipper. <laughs> This is pro- that's probably my favorite thing in the whole movie. <laughs> it is so good. Okay, so the college kids are now under Chad's leadership. Leadership. I guess. So they're like, okay, I guess it's kill or be killed. So one of them runs at Dale with, with a spear, spear that he made. Yeah, 
And Tails like, oh shit! And he turns and he accidentally knocks Allison out with his with his shovel. Uh-huh. But he moves out of the way, so then they the kid- fall into they fall into the shitter hole, and they're they're down in the ground in the shitter hole, and then here comes this kid with the spear. <laughs> And he falls in too, but he falls right on his spear, impaling himself and bleeding all over Dale. (laughs) (laughs) Now you gotta tell what happens with Tucker, because I can't do it. So so good. One of the other guys has decided that he's gonna jump Tucker. Tucker's he he he's doing this very repetitive motion of lean down, grab a branch, get back up, toss it in the wood chipper, right? (laughs) And he just keeps doing that, and this guy has really bad timing, and he goes to tackle Tucker just as he leans down to grab a branch, and instead this guy goes headfirst right into the wood chipper. It is gold. And And Tucker's like, oh, God! (laughs) And he just gets covered in blood, and he's trying to pull the guy out, and it's so fucking funny. And did this remind you of a movie we just saw? Uh, Yes, I don't remember what it was, though. (laughs) Um, It reminded me of Rock and Roll Nightmare. When he leans down to pick up oh, his yes. pen. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Is... And the little jumpy lizard thing jumps after him. <laughs> right. And, and both are very funny. But this is just so fucking hilarious because the guy just dives head first <laughs> into a wood chipper. It's very good. Yeah. And so they're all freaking out. They get back into the cabin. And they wake up Allison, or no, Allison Dale, wakes up. Dale carries Allison in, and uh-huh. Tucker's like, what the hell happened to her? <laughs> and he explains it, and what is Tucker's explanation for all of this? There must be some kind of weird suicide pact. Yes! <laughs> they have a suicide pact, clearly, and they want, they to, want kill to kill Allison, Allison yeah. too! We've got to save her! And... Dale's like, well, we better fucking call the cops. And Tucker's like, we can't do that. Oh, yeah, because look around us. Who was going to believe that this all happened? Only a moron. <laughs> believe it. Well, officer, I had a doozy of a day. <laughs> and what looks like, what it looks like happened is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter what happened. What matters is what looks like what happened. And what looks like what happened is pretty nasty. And so these kids, <laughs> these kids are are running away and they end up hearing a cop car because their friend that took his truck to go get help ended up finding a cop. It's the same cop that pulled them over, the same sheriff. And so they all get into the sheriff's vehicle and drive up to the cabin. <laughs> What's the first thing they see? The wood chipper guy? Yes, they're yeah, they're dra- cuz Oh, they're Tucker's, dragging the legs out of the wood chipper. That's Tucker's right. like, "Well, we got to clean up." <laughs> I I hope the store doesn't charge me for this. So they're dragging the bottom half of the guy uh-huh. jumped into the wood chipper and the sheriff is just like, "Oh no, these kids are right." And he gets out of his truck and the guy's like and T- Tucker says, "Officer, had a doozy of a day." <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and he tells basically the same story that he said there's no way anyone would believe. And right? he says, "You, I've got to be a moron for you to think I'll believe that. Uh-huh. And we, oh, we got their friend in the cabin. She's unconscious in the cabin or whatever it is. And Tucker's like, God, Dale, stop saying things. Yes. And the cop doesn't know who to believe because these hillbillies have a story 
but they're saying we've got someone who will back it up inside. And so the cop's kind of reaching for his gun and then the kids are freaking out inside. Don't go inside. Don't go inside. And the cop goes in and he's kind of starting to believe them. But what happens? <laughs> he is like, oh, you boys are in a whole lot of trouble. You're looking at at uh, involuntary manslaughter at the very least. And he leans up against that post and then down swings the, the pole that has all the nails in it and just smacks him right in the forehead. These giant nails go in one side and out the other. And he comes stumbling out of the cabin. And all the kids are like, oh, my God. And he goes to his car and he reaches in and he's stumbling around and he grabs a radio and he's like, gurp, gurp. And then he just falls down and collapses. <laughs> and so one of the kids is like, oh, shit, I'll get his gun. He grabs it. He tries to shoot Tucker and Dale. And they're like, their hands are up on the porch because he has a gun on them. And when it doesn't work, Dale says, oh, you got to turn the safety off. It's on the side there. Again, Tucker's like, Dale, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but how does he decide to turn the safety off? He's looking around on the gun for where the safety could be. And he keeps waving the barrel in front of his face. And he and finally Dale hits says, the safety. don't do that. <laughs> He finally hits the safety and his his fingers on the trigger and boom, just shoots himself right in the head. Yes. Which everyone saw, but everyone still uh-huh. is blaming them. <laughs> Chad jumps out of the car, jump, grabs the, the gun and just starts firing. Yeah. Wildly. He doesn't hit anything. And they run back inside. Tucker will, again, be angry, blame Dale, and say, if we hadn't saved her because of you, none of this would have happened. We should have just let her die. Uh (laughs) What does Dale tell Tucker that makes Tucker very sad? Well, if we hadn't gone fishing, none of this would have happened. Oh, yeah. I don't even like fishing. And Tucker's shocked by this. What do you mean you don't like fishing? Yeah. And T- and Dale's like, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. And Tucker's like, well, well you, you kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> but Tucker's starting to realize that he's having this sort of like controlling effect on Dale, right? Like he's, Dale would just go fishing with him because Tucker just assumed that Dale was okay with that. And he never even bothered to ask. And so now Tucker's starting to feel bad about the way he's treated Dale. Yes. They've taken Dale's dog and they're threatening to shoot him if they don't come out and give up. Yeah. So Tucker is going to go and try and save the dog. Dale is going to come out shooting with the nail gun. Now, Chris, what do you have to say about this nail gun? So we talk about nail guns all the time and about how they just plain don't work that way. The good news is, is they do have this one hooked up to an air compressor. So there is a lot of pressure behind this one. So it's like pneumatic. It's also really old and I couldn't see the safety press that is on the front of nail guns who knows maybe this is so old it didn't have a safety but in general nail guns don't work this way (laughs) so tucker gets one branch (laughs) and just hiding behind it (laughs) he's creeping up on them to grab the dog because and the dog is just this big sweetheart and has no idea that it's in any type of danger Uh uh-huh and somehow they don't hear Tucker sneaking up Well, because up on they're them. they're shooting at each other. Oh, are they? Are they yeah. shooting at each other? Yeah, at this Dale point? Is, Dale is providing cover with the nail gun, and Tucker's down on the ground trying to get the dog to run away, and it and it goes the wrong way. Yes. <laughs> and that's when Chad sees Tucker and is like, oh, and pulls the gun on him. They take him away, and they end up tying him up. 
Oh, that's right. They string him up by his, his ankles. Uh-huh. And they, they build a trap, but we don't know what the trap is. And then they cut off his fingers, his bowling fingers. And and send it to they throw it into the cabin through the window. And Allison is awake by now. And, and she's says, like, I can't believe all this stuff is happening. But she opens it up. There are fingers in there and a page that says, we got your friend. We got your friend, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. But before they throw that in, Dale is trying to tell Allison what happened. And Allison's like, none of this is making sense. This uh-huh. is insanity. What do you mean my friends are dead? What do you mean my friends have taken Tucker? Like, none of- Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. There's got to be a misunderstanding. But it's really funny. There's some really funny lines here. Do your friends take medication? Because I think they forgot to take it. Uh-huh. They're trying to kill my dog and my best friend. Uh-huh. And Dale is really, really upset. Like, legitimately. He's like- crying at this point yeah because they took his dog and his friend but yes this is when they throw the thing through it and she's just like what is happening how long was i out he's like just a couple hours (laughs) and she starts she's intelligent enough to realize my friends must have thought you were hurting me Uh and he's like why would they think that well he actually says he says it, oh, yeah? Why would they think that? Like, he, he knows. Starting to understand. Yeah, uh-huh. They must have thought that you were trying to harm me. Oh, and why would they think that? I don't know. I don't think you do know. Well, when we first saw you guys back back at that store, we just thought that, that you looked a, 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 a little creepy. I was nervous. I don't, I don't know how to talk to girls. And I- no, Dale, I, I, I know that now, but we didn't then. You thought that I looked like some kind of freak. We misjudged you, Dale. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. Don't be sorry. It's my fault. I should have known that if a guy like me talked to a girl like you, somebody would end up dead. And it's, it's really kind of a sad moment. It is, yeah. Uh-huh. Because she has to admit that she felt that way about them too. Yeah. And he has to say, I fucking, un- I get it. Like, uh-huh. This isn't going over my head. I know what you saw in me when you first saw me. Mm-hmm. And that's fucked. And so he convinces her to stay there, but he has to go save his friend Tucker. So he goes to talk to Tucker. Meanwhile, two of the friends, Chad and Naomi, are going to get Allison. And when they find her, they're like whispering, come on, this way. She's like, why are you whispering? It's like, there's nobody here. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, really? Okay. And they get up and they start having a normal conversation. Yes. And, and Allison is trying to convince them that we're, they're, I'm fine. They're nice guys. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm not in any danger. And Naomi's like, I read about this in sociology class. This is Stockholm syndrome. She's fallen in love with her captors. Yes. Which I always thought took more time. It doesn't. The Stockholm syndrome that we've all read about was only a couple of hours. So. It can happen that quickly. Mm-hmm. But no, it's, it's yeah, it's funny. And so Chad just like, is that true? Are you in love with the hillbillies? And he's obviously really, really upset. Because he wants to be with her. And so Dale goes and finds Tucker and... It's trap. It's trap. trap. <laughs> he doesn't hear it, but uh, he triggers the trap, but he doesn't get hurt by it anyway. I can't remember what it, exactly it was. It's like a... It's a thing that's supposed to come down and hit you, but uh-huh. he oh it's he a, no it's a spear. It hits him right between the legs and gets in, into his overalls. 
And what does he say about that? Never saw, thought I'd say this, but I'm glad I'm not hung like a bear. <laughs> and they laugh a little bit, even though Tucker's like dying. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Dale cuts down Tucker and he falls and hurts him. Oh, I'm so sorry. And so they make it back to the cabin and the three of them are there. So it's Chad and Naomi are there with Allison and there's like a standoff and Allison is trying to like mediate things. Yes. She's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. And Tucker is so pissed off. He ends up pouring another beer on his stumped fingers. Yes. And, and <laughs> Allison will say, let's have tea. And Tucker says, yeah, and I'll provide the finger sandwiches. <laughs> And Chad says, is it chamomile tea? Because I'm allergic to chamomile. He's like, no, it's Earl Grey. And Dale's like, ooh, I love Earl Grey. <laughs> and so Allison's like, okay, let's hear both sides of the story. Chad, you go first. And Chad's like, where should I start? And she's like, well, we'll start at the beginning. And he's like, well, long time ago, even before I was born. And she's like, I think that's probably too far. He's like, no, I need to tell this story. And he reveals that that story he told to the campers is a true story and that the woman who survived was his mom and that his dad was also there and died, but he didn't know that she was already pregnant. And they went through all this this trauma while she was pregnant. She managed to survive. She went crazy, crazy. and he was brought given up, up by, for his a, by his grandmother. Yes. And that's why he hates hillbillies because the hillbilly murderers that lived at this cabin, which is probably do you think that's why they went to this specific location because yes. he knew? Yes. Yeah. No, totally. He says that. He says what? He says they they were buried, they're buried right beneath right, us. Right, I know, I know he knew, but I wonder is that what like is he the one who suggested they go to this place? Probably. So he's telling the story and, and Allison's like, thank you for sharing, Chad. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Like, he feels a little bit better, honestly. Meanwhile, Jason and what's the ditz's name? Chloe are are coming in from outside. One of them says, oh, my, are they having tea? Like, what's going on here? And the other says, no, they're, they've been captured. And like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And he she says something. He's like, damn it, woman, don't argue with me. It's, it's pretty funny. It's a good delivery of the line. Right. Chad said they were gone longer than 15 minutes. We come in guns blazing. You don't even have a gun. Damn it, woman. Don't argue with me. Jason and Chloe come bursting in the front door, and he has a weed whacker, and he goes right towards, I think, Tucker. Tucker ducks again. Yes! And Naomi is standing right behind him. Yes! And so Jason just weed whackers Naomi's face, and it gets, like, all of her face is getting all fucked up. And somebody yells out, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> and Chad, like, tries to throw a lantern at, I think, Tucker and misses and hits Jason in the leg. But this is the place where Chad had previously poured all the gasoline because he wanted to burn the place down. Yes. And and uh, Allison talked him out of it. Uh, so Jason's catching on fire and then all the area is going up in smoke and then the gasoline trail starts lighting up and Chloe had lit a cigarette. She's been trying to get a cigarette lit this entire fucking time. <laughs> And Tucker says, I knew I should have moved them. And we can see there's all the gas cans <laughs> stacked up in the corner that the fire's headed to. And so they run out. And the only people to get out are Tucker, Dale, and Allison before the whole place explodes. My cabin. His cabin. <laughs> <laughs> and then they see Chad is still alive. I'm he a gets up. Therapist. <laughs> yes, she says that. Oh no, you're not. I thought we made great progress. I think in we there. were on the verge of a break. 
But yeah, Chad gets up and he has like this whole two-faced half-burned thing going on and he huffs on his inhaler. Oh, that's been a thing this whole time. Yeah, yes. he has an inhaler. That's the So in Idle Hands, Anton had the inhaler he'd get high with and Chad has this inhaler that it's been a joke the whole time that he's this big dude and he needs an inhaler. Yes. I mean, not sure. a big dude, but like a, you know, masculine dude. So they get in the... In the truck. They yell out, get to the truck. Yeah. Definitely remind me of, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Mm -hmm. And then they drive away. As Chad's walking towards them, Tucker's like, stop, you're going to flood it. Which is something I always say when they try to start cars and they're not starting. This is the only thing I got left. (laughs) This is the only thing I got left. (laughs) And they drive away. And I think we're going to get away, says Dale. And he's not looking and he ends up crashing into a tree. (laughs) Dale, look out. Boom. (laughs) He wakes up. Well, the cabin, the cabin of the truck is empty and he's in there by himself. He climbs out and he sees Tucker with a nondescript wound in his abdomen leaned up against a tree saying that Chad came and he took Allison. And they have this heart to heart moment. At one point, they talk about when they were kids, they would catch frogs and how Tucker, Tucker would always say that he let Dale catch more frogs. And he's like, no, I didn't. You actually just were better than me and you just never believed in yourself yeah you're better than you think you are yeah and he's like go get allison i'll be fine dale's like are you sure and he's like yeah i'll be fine i think she really sees you for who you really are maybe you can date i doubt it (laughs) (laughs) and and we're thinking oh man is tucker gonna die but really the movie can do whatever it wants with tucker at this point because really it's just about dale chad and allison for the rest of the movie and at the end they'll tell us whether tucker lived and dale says all right buddy <laughs> oh yeah and they, he, they clasp hands and he squeezes on his stumps oh god damn it <laughs> for best friends forever Oh, Jesus. God. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh. Gotta hurt very much. I could tell. Just breathe in. Out through your mouth. Go get her. So they go, uh, he goes to the sawmill, which is the closest building there. And Chad already has Allison tied to the platform that brings the logs towards the and giant And he licks saw. her face, just like in Leprechaun 2. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's not the, dire- the that guy directed Idle Hands. So they fight, and he eventually, he, throw- he ends up throwing an axe at him, and it cuts the rope that's holding Allison down, and she's able to get out. And he comments on how just, like, freakishly strong this guy is, and he well, just won't go down. But also, you missed the part where he dresses up like a killer hillbilly. He grabs... Um, oh, yes, he has the welding mask. Oh, he's got the uh, the tree-climbing straps on his shoes mm-hmm. that have the spikes that, you know, you stick your legs into the post of the tree so you can climb it. And he has... What a else chainsaw. does he have? A chainsaw, yeah. And so she's freaking out. And she re- oh, it's just me. But anyway, yes, they get into a fight. Allison and him go upstairs to the attic of this sawmill, and they close the hatch. Well, you forgot to say how he got her off of it. I said he threw the axe, and it hit the rope. He throws the perfect axe, people. Uh-huh. Instead of throwing the perfect cast. Yes. the perfect uh-huh. And just that, like and him. it just, it's, it doesn't even like, it, it like slices through it as it's going through the air, which is fun. 
It's just like, oh god, this is going to be such a weird reference. Remember when Howie Long was was making movies? <laughs> We is. talked about how he's in Broken Arrow, and they call it the Howie Scream because they use that one scream. That yeah, that scream is the Howie Scream. From? We saw that in Serial Mom when the guy finds oh, the yes. dude face down in the urinal. It's called the Howie Scream after Howie Long and Broken Arrow because that's the sound he makes when he dies. But he was also in a movie a couple years later called Firestorm, and he's like a fireman, and there's a forest fire, and there's villains involved. And and there's this scene that they put in all the trailers of him just chucking this axe, and it spins sideways towards the camera. That's exactly what we got here. <laughs> I just appreciated that. <laughs> so yes, they go upstairs, they they barricade the door, and he finds some tea, and, and she finds these old newspapers that reveal... That looks like Kid Downstairs. The, the, the hillbilly killer is yeah the hillbilly killer looks just like chad and they read the newspaper and what it says is that while she was held captive she was raped and so they figure out that his who he thought was his dad wasn't his dad his dad is the hillbilly killer he's part hillbilly no it's true chad you're half hillbilly And so it's at this moment that he takes the chainsaw that was downstairs. There is no truth. Cuts through the barricade and comes up. And he's about to attack Dale when they reveal this to him. And he's like, what? Huh? No, that can't be true. And he he's starting to get angry. And he's going to attack Allison when Dale goes and blows something in his face. And he starts... He's not able to... He starts, like, hyperventilating. And he's not able to breathe. And he falls backwards... Out of the top of this sawmill and lands down on the ground. And this is when Dale reveals. What'd you do? I have Bemis nobilis. What? That's the ingredient in chamomile tea that can cause an anaphylactic reaction in rare cases where people are allergic to it. Like I said, I remember weird stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> see, I remember everything. Freakish memory, right? <laughs> and then cut to the police and everyone showing well, no, up. And they go, they can't a fun find the body. Moment. Oh, yeah, what's the moment? They say, uh, finally, he's dead. They look out, or not, because he's not there He's anymore. gone, yes. And I said, or not, uh, and then yes, she did. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, you did call that line. And we also hear it in the news report that they, they, they haven't found the killer or whatever. And everything gets cleared up, just like in Idle Hands. Nobody thinks that these hillbillies actually did anything. Everything gets blamed on Chad. And Tucker's alive! Yeah, and Dale brings him a PBR, because yes. that's what they've been drinking this whole time. God, <laughs> so disgusting. And I have nothing against beer. I have everything against cheap beer. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, you should ask her out. And he's like, no, I don't think I could do that. Um, he's like, well, I did. But I, um, she did mention she's she liked bowling. So we're going bowling today, <laughs> revealing that, yes, they're going out on a date. That's why Dale's all made up. He's combed his hair and all that. And they're bowling with a friend. He's the guy who runs the shop, I think, in the beginning of the movie. Who Dale convinces to go and talk to some hot chicks that are over there. Yeah, you just got to make your move. <laughs> you can't just wait for fate to fall into your lap. Get over there and get her. And he tries. <laughs> and whenever a hillbilly talks to a pretty girl, somebody's got to wind up dead. <laughs> and one of the girls ends up getting hurt. And at the same time, um, Dale and Allison are having conversation. Allison ends up kissing him, but then she hears them screaming, and she's like, should we go and help them? And he's like, no. No, <laughs> fuck it. And they, they keep on kissing. Meanwhile, this hillbilly guy drags this girl away. <laughs> <laughs> because she's, yeah, it's just so funny. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the uh, end of the movie. But we know that Chad is still alive. And because that we saw that, that reporter at the beginning, beginning of the yeah. film. Uh-huh. So it's kind of set up for a sequel, maybe. And they talked about doing a sequel called the Tucker and Dale Go to Yale. <laughs> that it just never materialized. They've been talking about that for years. There was a script written, but they didn't like it. So they're, they're basically they're willing to do it. Everyone's willing to do it. But they just don't have a script. That's too bad. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Any um, lightning round stuff to talk about in this? Only that I'm glad that it got so much better. Like like I said, that beer joke, I was like, oh, no. But yeah. it gets so much better after that. And I got to say, it does kind of peak in the first half before they all the Chad stuff starts happening. It still continues to be funny. Yeah, it still continues to be funny. Bitch, yeah, I'll show you killer hillbilly. You know, like yeah, uh there's some funny stuff in there. I don't, I don't mind the end of the film. I don't like the beginning. I just think that that as it approaches the middle is the funniest part of the movie. I think I think the movie just should have started with them showing up at the cabin because all the stuff that kind of happens before that is like, uh. yeah. Apparently, I I haven't seen it, but apparently on the Blu-ray. There's a version of the movie that they cut out all the parts where the college kids aren't. So it's just a short from the kids' perspective. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so I wouldn't mind seeing that. It sounds pretty interesting. So, Kelsey, what do you think this movie has? I'm going to guess they have an 80. Has an 85. Like the best horror comedies, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, mines its central crazy joke for some incredible scares, laughs, and, believe it or not, heart. A Metacritic of 65, no cinema score. Do you think that's overrated or underrated? I'd say that's pretty much exactly what I would give it. I yeah. was thinking of going a little bit lower. I was thinking of going for an 80. But thinking about it now, I'm like, I really did enjoy that movie. I had a lot of fun. And that's saying something because I didn't think I was going to like it. Yeah, I went into this thinking, I'm not going to like this, but it'll make me laugh a couple times. It actually ended up being really funny. And you end up loving Tucker and Dale. Yeah. Even though Tucker is kind of an asshole because he wants to, like, creep on college. I mean, I guess at least they're not high school. Yeah. But, like, he wants to creep on college kids skinny dipping, which is weird. But other than that, you really like them. Right, but he didn't seek it out. He's just, if they're going to undress in front of us, I'm going to watch. It's like his opinion. Obviously, Dale does the right thing and he covers his eyes or whatever, but yeah. So you give it an 85? Yeah. Uh, I, You know, I will say similar to, to the last one, I will say an 83. Okay. I would say the lower half of the 80s, so the three right smack dab in the middle of that. Yeah, it can't go higher than 85 because no. it doesn't, I mean, it didn't do anything like, you know, spectacular. It didn't do anything that I'm like, oh my God, everybody needs to see this, you know? Yeah. Of the last, how many is this? One, two, three, four, five, six. Of the last six movies we've seen, you have rated every single movie higher or the same as I did. Except for Black Swan, you graded just a little bit lower. We've had uh, we've had a good couple weeks. We've had a good string of good movies. Yes. Uh, all right. Which is good because we had a couple weeks there for a while that we did not enjoy oh, any of our movies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's been really nice having a lot of movies that we like. Uh huh. Don't know about next week. Yeah. So that wraps up <laughs> the comedy horror week with 1999's Idle Hands as our classic movie and 2010's Tucker and Dale versus Evil as our modern movie. Kelsey, what are we watching next week? So next week is both a recommendation 
and a holiday. What is the holiday next week? Well, if we were in school, everyone would be graduating. Okay. This would be time for graduation horror. Oh, no. Graduation movies. <laughs> we're getting to the bottom of the barrel of these. There's actually a lot more than you'd think. <laughs> so this movie was actually already on the list, but it was recommended by Diane. But if it weren't for Diane's recommendation, I never would have known that this movie has a remake as well. Oh, is it a double feature? It's so been it's a long time feature. since we've had a double feature. Yes. Night of the Demons. Never even heard of it. What is the is the remake also called Night of the Demons? It is. What year did it come out? 88 and 2009. Okay. <laughs> Kids are celebrating graduation in an abandoned place where demons are summoned. Okay, there are sequels. There are sequels. That I knew. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. I've seen this cover before. <laughs> I've absolutely seen this cover before. Well, there you go. Ten teenagers party at an abandoned funeral parlor on Halloween night. Halloween? I thought it was a graduation movie. When oh, an well. evil force awakens, demonic spirits keep them from leaving and turn their gathering into a living hell. Oh, well. <laughs> well, it's a bunch of teenagers... In honor of graduation, I guess. <laughs> I totally thought this was a graduation movie, but oh well. Uh, you know, these summaries have been wrong before because they're just made by randos. So we'll see. All right. For example, The Children is a New Year's Eve movie. Oh, yeah. They keep saying Not that a it's Christmas a Christmas movie. movie. It, it specifically happens after Christmas. <laughs> anyway, remember The Children? <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, well, that is the end of the episode. Until next week, you can always reach us at our website, podcemetery.com. Don't forget to follow us in your podcatcher of choice, rate and review. A five-star written review is obviously the best help you can give us there. Sharing with your friends is a bigger help, and listening in the GD first place is the best thing you can do for us. Thank you all very much. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words? Oh, hi ho officer. We've had a doozy of a day. There we were, minding our own business, just doing chores around the house, when kids started killing themselves all over my property. But I mean, I knew an Anthony. That's different. It's a, that's that's a different name. <laughs> What's his face? <laughs> oh, hold on, let me look it up. What's his fucking name? Stifler. This ain't Domino's. There were some... That guy died. <laughs> it doesn't make him a good actor. <laughs> anyway. Another childhood crush, which is a little bit weird. Ivanka Trump. That's weird now. <laughs> Random. <laughs> I don't know. CPR? I saw it on Law and Order or something. ER. 
and or Baywatch. I saw it on Baywatch. Kinky. You're kinky. Well, we figured, fuck it. I mean, it was really far. <laughs> yeah, there was all this music, but it was really uncool, like Enya. <laughs> I keep saying Hanson, Henson. Go away, helicopter. We're going to find out there's a murderer on the loose. and That's what I thought last time. And then remember your brother and sister were like, oh, we ha- our friends had a birthday party and they they came really close to your neighborhood. Yeah, there was a flyover for the birthday party. Yeah. yeah I'm like, that was probably the day that I thought there was a murderer around. Uh-huh. Because all of a sudden this copter, helicopter is really low. And it just, whoa, wow. I'm not making words anymore. <laughs> whoa, wow, wow. Can we finish this? I would like to. I can't fucking believe that the goddamn helicopter's back. That lady is back on the elevator. Escalator. The kid is back on the escalator, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. No, I really need to find out what that is. <laughs> Hold on. I must know. You are a good-looking man, more or less. You got a damn good heart. Yep. I mean, that's two things right there. <laughs> Come on. I ain't like you, Tucker, you know? I can't talk to the lady folk the way you can. No one can. I mean, I I always get all stupid and my hands get clammy and I just act like a big fat idiot. Oh, you got an inferiority complex. There is a funny scene where one dude is gonna jump in and for whatever reason he like trips and falls flat on his back yeah, into uh-huh. the water. Screams. No. No, that didn't happen. No, that's something else. What, that's what were a trailer we for a TV show. You're right. That was the... No, it's the Netflix movie. Yes. Okay, take that out. <laughs> I don't know why I got that confused, I guess. Because they were going skinny dipping in a lake, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. That hurt very much. Yes. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it, frat bitch. Yeah, hold on. It's true. You're part hillbilly. <laughs> I'll show you a killbilly, a kill, a hiller, a killer hillbilly, you know? Like with 99's, 99's? Teen, 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 <laughs> you say Heidi Ho? It says that. <laughs> Heidi Ho, officer. Okay. 